Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. With artisanal cocktails, craft microbrews, and mile-long wine menus at just about every restaurant and bar from coast to coast, it's hard to imagine an alcohol-free era in America. But for 13 years, the National Prohibition Act, otherwise known as the Volstead Act, banned recreational drinking and the manufacture, transportation, and sale of intoxicating liquors in the United States. And while bootleggers and speakeasy operators found ways to sneakily sell booze despite the law in the 1920s and early 30s, one unlikely group legally provided easy access to alcohol. Doctors. You may not think of your friendly neighborhood medical office as the most likely makeshift liquor store, but for a time in America— Physicians were able to escape the law and make a few bucks on the side. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke Karen Blumenthal, author of the book Bootleg, Murder, Moonshine, and the Lawless Years of Prohibition. She explained, Doctors had long prescribed alcohol as medicine, but it became a thriving business during Prohibition. 
It's true. Alcohol had been widely used throughout history to treat an array of medical conditions, though it eventually fell out of favor with doctors. And by 1917, the American Medical Association, or AMA, voted to support the prohibition of alcohol across the country. But by 1922, just two years after the Volstead Act went into effect, a national AMA survey called Referendum on the Use of Alcohol in the Medical Profession revealed some interesting developments— Suddenly, American doctors believed alcohol was a useful treatment for 27 separate medical conditions, including everything from diabetes and cancer to snake bites and lactation problems. How Stuff Works also spoke with Garrett Peck, author of The Prohibition Hangover, Alcohol in America from Demon Rum to Cult Cabernet. He said, Medicinal alcohol was a popular loophole in the Volstead Act, the Prohibition Enforcement Law. Before Prohibition, doctors widely recognized that alcohol is not medicine. But during Prohibition, the AMA changed its opinion, in part because patients still wanted to drink. Even though the AMA had previously declared that alcohol had no scientific value, the U.S. Treasury Department authorized doctors to write prescriptions for alcohol. Peck said, Doctors were given prescription forms to prescribe medicinal whiskey at pharmacies. This was widely abused, as the forms were often copied, and much more whiskey was released from bond than the federal government ever intended. Blumenthal said, Doctors did it for sure, but pharmacists and others also sold bogus prescription forms. Many people never went to a doctor. They went to the pharmacist, who could provide a prescription form and deliver the prescription. In fact, historians have suspicions about one famous pharmacist, Charles Walgreen, whose Walgreens chain expanded from 20 stores to 525 during the 1920s. Many credited the founder's introduction of the milkshake for the chain's success, but as Charles Walgreen Jr. later told an interviewer, while his father was worried about the danger of fires in his stores, he, quote, wanted the fire department to get in as fast as possible and get out as fast as possible, because whenever they came in, would always lose a case of liquor from the back. How Stuff Works also spoke with Daniel Okrent, author of Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. He said, The prescription exemption was eagerly sought by the same physicians who, in the walk-up to the 18th Amendment, had officially, through the AMA, argued that there was no real medical use for liquor. What they realized, as the Volstead Act was being drafted, was the opportunity to take advantage of it. And doctors and pharmacists weren't the only ones able to circumvent the law. Farmers were allowed to produce wine for their own consumption, and religious leaders, including priests and rabbis, were allowed to serve it during services and ceremonies. But physicians were the ones who stood to make a profit. Okrent said any doctor could give a patient a prescription of a pint of whiskey or other alcohol every 10 days. In most cities, $3 was the going price for the prescription, and a similar amount was paid to the pharmacist who filled it. And, of course, others found ways to turn a profit on the restricted substance during Prohibition, too. The National Archives notes that New York City, by itself, boasted between 30,000 and 100,000 speakeasies in 1925. Peck said, George Remus, the man who inspired the Great Gatsby, figured out that medicinal whiskey was a great business model. He bought up a bunch of distilleries, which had rickhouses full of whiskey that couldn't be sold, then bought up pharmacies to distribute the whiskey. He then bribed federal officials to allow a lot more whiskey to seep out of his rickhouses. Remus made a fortune in a short period of time. And although some opportunistic alcohol pushers did in fact get reprimanded for crossing legal lines, 
the end of the 13-year ban put an end to most litigation against perpetrators. Works also spoke with Phil Roberts, a University of Wyoming history professor, who said, One of the last people in Wyoming charged with violating the prohibition law was a medical doctor. Oddly, he was charged the very day before Wyoming's Constitutional Convention met to vote on repeal of the 18th Amendment. Later, the charges against the doctor were dismissed. Today's episode is based on the article, Ridiculous History, When Doctors Prescribed Alcohol During Prohibition, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Michelle Konstantinovsky. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 